So today, we are going to be starting our new, uh, our new vision for this year, and we're going to be talking about it for this entire month. And it's called Good Foundations. Now, why have we decided to call it Good Foundations? <clears throat> well, this last year, as I was bemoaning and complaining and lamenting that we can't build our building, I was been praying and fasting a lot about it and just saying, God, what do we do? Uh, I, I, my hands are tied. You told us to do this. What do we do? And as I was thinking about it, I realized that last year we were meant to be clearing the land. And this year we were meant to be pouring our foundation. And as I was thinking about this, I realized the building of our physical building has paused, but the building of our church and our relationships and our faith has not paused. And so therefore we decided, then let's talk about building the foundations of our faith for an entire year. To the point that we haven't just decided what all the topics are, but we have decided what every week is going to be. We're going to examine and lay the foundations of our faith in 2024. When I first came here in 1996, which is forever ago, it, I remember coming here and I didn't realize that all of Florida was made of sand. Have you noticed that? You go outside and you're like, the place is made of sand. Isn't there a scripture that says, don't build your house on the sandy land? I remember saying that to Pastor Mark, and he's like, well, we're doing it right here. And we, I remember we were driving down past uh, downtown I-4, and I was looking at all these big buildings, and I said, why do those things not fall over? I couldn't understand. And he said, it's because they dig down to the rock. It's because they either build a dig a big hole and pour in concrete or they basically take these huge concrete pylons with metal in them and they pummel them into the ground until they hit the rock that is underneath the sand. Did you realize there was rock underneath the sand? It just seems like all of Florida is sand, but no, there's rock down there. And the reason why we do this is so that we know that we can build skyscrapers that won't fall over. A good foundation determines how you can build. It determines that what you build will stand or will it fall. And so in the same way, there are many troubles and trials and tribulations and dysfunctions in our lives that often end up in, 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 end up in having cracks and defects in our faith simply because we have built on poor foundations. You may have said years to sorry. You may have said yes to Jesus years ago, but have you actually been working on the foundation of your faith? Were you hoping that what you just got was fire insurance that saved you from hell? And now that I've said the right faith, I've said the right prayer, I now have my faith, and now in the kingdom of God. Just because you said the right words doesn't mean that you're living out the, those words. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have become strong in your faith. And so therefore, in the 2024, we're going to be looking at all these different topics this year. This first month will just be on foundations of the faith. But the next month will be on scripture, then the next doctrine, then prayer and fasting, then Sabbath, then the attributes of God, then service, then generosity, then community, and then witness, and then solitude. All of these are going to be the good foundations that we're going to examine for 2024. Think about this. If you don't know how to pray, how do you communicate with God? How are you receiving the words from God, from his heart to yours? How do you even obey those words? If you're not taking time to pray, if you don't know how to recognize his words, how are you receiving instruction for your life? You're literally guessing your way through life. Imagine if you take scripture and you don't read scripture, how would you even know what God thinks about you? You see, what a parent thinks about their child determines what that child becomes. 
Because that child, if he thinks that he's a loser or he's rejected and he's been told by his parents, you're a piece of junk, you're a piece of crap, then that child will grow up with that inadequacy within themselves. But when parents are there to say, no, God has fearfully and wonderfully made you and I'm gonna make sure you get to, you, you get to that place of being functional, right? It doesn't mean you just tell your children they're wonderful all the time. No, we have to adjust and correct them, right? Correction is not rejection. It's just a redirection to get to where you need to get to. Right? But as you're giving those things to these children, you're actually telling them you've got what it takes because God has made you on purpose for a purpose. These are all foundations of our faith that we need to get very clear in our lives so that we can become everything that God has called us to be. So today, let's look at our scripture for this entire year and for this month that we're going to be studying. And it comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. And this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and his followers. And he says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. It huffed and it puffed and it tried to blow it down. You remember that story comes from? Because it had been founded on the rock. Because it had been founded on the rock. He continues, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, that's Florida by the way, built his house on Florida, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Thanks be to God for his word. So what I want to do is I want to go through the different words that we can pick out from the scripture to try and understand this more. And the first word I actually want to look at is this word, everyone. Who is everyone? Who is it that Jesus is actually talking to? Well, we know he's talking to his disciples. He's talking to his followers. Many of you remember, if you read in scripture, when Jesus gave the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes are, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, for you are inherit in the earth. Blessed are you who are, and he gives all these blessed ours, blessed ours, blessed ours. These are basically Jesus giving the foundations of the faith. Things when he was saying like, if you, if you decide not to, when someone strikes you on the face, turn your other cheek. If someone wants your cloak, give your other cloak. It, 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 he's given foundations of the faith to those that are listening to him. And this club is not exclusive. It's to anyone and everyone that would want to listen to Christ. But this is, this is interesting because he's, a, he's about to basically say, but even those that hear me, there are two types of people who are out there. There are ones who are wise and ones that are foolish. So it's not just simply hearing, but it's actually someone who takes what they hear and does something with it. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, hearing and doing, hearing and doing. What Jesus is doing here is he's connecting these two things that we're gonna talk about consistently throughout this year. And it's this, it's your belief and your behavior. It's your belief and your behaviors. I'll say it again. It's your belief and your behavior. Why is this so important? Because if your belief is dysfunctional, then your behavior is gonna be dysfunctional. If your belief is way off, then your behavior is gonna be way off. You can see that when you see in your friends, your family, your workmates, or anyone you watch online, when they have these weird ideas of how relationships should function, or how countries should function, or how politics are function, or some of that. They start doing behaviors that are like, why are you doing that? Because their behaviors follow their beliefs. Now, you could say that I believe that God is Lord, but if you don't act that way, then you don't actually believe it. 
Jesus is connecting belief and behavior here. It is so important. When I was, when I was a young guy, because I'm no longer young, might have noticed I've got gray on one side and gray on the other. This is family on this side and church on the other right here. <clears throat> but when I was a young guy, all you want to do is, is, is act upon the drives that are in your body, right? It's like just the, the sexual drives that are in your body and you would love to be able to sleep around and do those types of things. But I believe that God had called me to keep myself holy before him and keep myself for the marriage of the one that he wants to give me. If I decided I wanted to just sleep around and I wanted to just go have sex with everybody and anybody that I wanted to, then how can I say that I believe that I'm called for holiness if I'm not acting that way? You see, the scripture says that my body is a temple. And as much and as difficult and as challenging it might have been to say no, I knew fine well I had to trust that God had a phenomenal marriage ahead, of, ahead for me. That he had someone special for me and that it was worth being holy before God in order to invest myself fully into that relationship. And because I did it, I believe I'm now reaping the fruit of that very thing because it's worth giving myself to God. Now the point is this, your actions prove your belief in God. If you don't believe you're called to be holy, if you don't believe that you're called to, to, and it doesn't really matter who you sleep around with, that's fine. Go do what you need to do. At least you're living up to your beliefs. But if you say that your beliefs are, I need to give myself fully to God and be holy towards him, then your actions must follow your beliefs. So you follow me so far? James 2 says this. It says, faith without works is, sounds like you. Faith without works is, it's absolutely dead. You can't say that you're a believer and you believe in God and you believe in his blessings if you don't want to follow his way. I love the episode of Seinfeld when he went to get a rental car and he went into the rental car place and he said, um, I have a reservation that I've made here. And they said, yes, sir. Oh, yes, we've got your reservation right here. I'm sorry, we don't have any cars for you. And he said, but I made a reservation for that car. And she goes, sir, I understand. And he said, no, I don't think you do understand. Anyone can take the reservations. It's the holding of the reservation that makes the difference. This is what Jesus is saying. Anyone can believe, anyone can hear, anyone can shout hallelujah, but it's the living it out that matters. Hello? It's the living it out that matters. Firstly, it starts with right belief. Where are you getting your beliefs from? Is it from, is it from your friends? Is it from TikTok? Is it from Instagram? Is it from politics? Where are you getting your belief from? If you, think that, if you think the president or someone running for president has got all the right beliefs for you, good luck. We haven't found anyone yet that has been able to figure everything out, have we? Oh, but that president, he's the one who's gonna save us all. I've got some bad words to say about that. No, he won't. Where are you getting your foundations from? Where is your belief from? Because that is going to determine what your behavior is. And God is looking to and fro across the earth to find out who trusts in his word. That's why every month we want to see this connection between belief and behavior as we study it this entire year. It continues on, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the, what does it say? On the rock, on a rock. A rock is basically something that is generally immovable. If you've ever been to Italy or if you've ever surfed on the internet, you'll, you'll know a tower that's called the Tower of... How do you know that? How do you know I was about to say that? It's so famous for what it's failed at. 
It's so famous for the fact that its foundation has been built on mud. It wasn't built on rock. It's not famous because, wow, that, that tower has protected so many people. That, that tower has done so many great things. No, it's only famous for what it's failed at. I don't want to be famous for what I failed at. I want to be famous, not famous. I want, to, I want to be known for someone who's actually been able to build something that has been strong and lasting and it's a legacy. Rock allows other things to rest on it. Rock allows other things to rest safely on it. That's your kids, your belongings, your treasures, your secrets, your marriage, your sexuality, your calling. Here's the question I've got for you. What and whom are resting on you? Because someone's resting on you. Your children are, your school is, your workmates. <coughs> there are people around you that are resting on you and your steadiness will affect all of these things or your shakiness will affect all of these things. In Deuteronomy chapter five, verse nine and in Numbers chapter 14, verse 18, it says this, that the curse of the forefathers lasts until the third and the fourth generation. What does that mean? It basically means that your decisions today will affect your great-grandchildren. The decisions you make. So if you think that you're getting away with something or you think that you're, being, you're getting away with any type of laziness or something in your life, believe me, it's going to affect your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. Why? Because they're watching you. Because they're learning about you. You don't even have to be alive for them to learn about you. They can find out so much information about you now online, even if you're not around. The stuff and the choices that you make today are affecting your great-grandchildren. This is something my, my father taught a lot about. <clears throat> In fact, he, he became kind of a, an expert on Freemasonry. And Freemasonry is basically, uh, you probably heard about it. It's very big in Scotland, but it's, not, it's, it's kind of scattered around America here. But he believed that anyone who made a vow against their body to commit to a secret that wasn't in keeping with God's word was bringing a curse on their life. And in Freemasonry, that's exactly what happens. You basically say, if I divulge the secrets of the Freemasons, I will allow the bowels of my, of, of my body to be splayed open and to be spread across the this, this shore of the sea. Now you might think, ah, that's just words that they say. No, words are power. The Bible says that. The power of life and death is within your tongue. The, the foundations of the earth were spoken into being. Words are power. And so I firmly believe that even if you didn't say it, but your grandfather said it or your father said it, he has brought a curse upon his family and it's now gone into you. Why? Because in Deuteronomy, as we just read, the curse of the father goes to the third and the fourth generation. The question I've got for you is, what curses do you have in your life that you need to cast off and rebuild a new foundation in order to make sure that you're not the leaning tower of Pisa for the rest of your generations. You follow me? My dad was speaking at a conference one year, and as he was talking about this, he said, I believe that there are many people who have curse in their guts. They have curses from cancer to, to diseases to barrenness in, 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 their, in, their, in their guts and their stomach and whatever it is there. And he said, and I believe that sometimes it comes from, not always, but sometimes it comes from curses that we've spoken upon ourselves or that our forefathers have spoken upon ourselves. And he said, and if anyone here would like to be prayed for, I want to encourage you to come forward and I'm going to pray for you. And we're together, we're going to repent of this and we're going to break these curses off. And so all these people came forward. It was a big conference. All these people came and he prayed for all of them. And and he said there was 10 couples that told them, told him, we can't conceive. And so he prayed for them. 
The following year, he was at the same conference and he came and spoke it. He was invited to speak about the exact same stuff. Nine of them came back and said, we conceived this year. Now, here's the thing. I'm not trying to say, that's the reason why people can't conceive or that's the reason why... I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, if you know that there are bad foundations in your previous generations, we have to break it off. We have to be done with those bad foundations because sometimes you have to break up foundations in order to build new foundations. Hello? You don't take a new foundation, put it on top of a junky foundation and hope that it's going to last. It won't work that way. Verse 25. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. This is the three sisters of trouble, trial and tribulation. The rain, the flood and the wind. It came down, it came up and it came from sideways. What does that mean? Jesus is saying this. Opposition will come at you from all sides. Have any of you had a tough year? Have any of you had any trial or tribulation? Guess what? Being away from trial and tribulation doesn't bring you peace. It's being in Jesus, being founded on Jesus, being founded on a rock that gives you peace because hurricanes are going to come. We all live in Florida, right? Hurricanes are going to come. They're going to be difficult and they're going to be difficult. They're going to come from you all sides and they're going to be relentless. The question is, can you stand? You see, storms are designed to reveal the condition of your foundation. Storms are designed to reveal the condition of your foundation. During a storm is no time to build a foundation. I once had to build an extension in the back of my house and we had dug the foundations. We, we dug up the, the trenches and was ready to have the concrete poured in. And that night, huge torrential downflow of water came and it washed all the sand down. And I'll never forget standing there going, I live in Florida. Because this is what happens. It's made of sand. And when the storm comes, it washes it away until a good foundation is able to be put in in order to safeguard us. What does the storm say about your foundation? Does it say you're weak? Does it say you're strong? Does it say you're mature? Does it say you're immature? Verse 25, it said, but it did not fall. The best way to get a good foundation is to get good parents. And I understand that. You didn't choose your parents. I understand you, 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 some of you maybe had difficult and challenging and upbringings and all that type of thing. But listen, Jesus didn't say those who have good parents will actually last. He said those who hear my words and do them are the ones that will last through the storms. So your hope is not just on what you've come from, even though it's much easier if you had good parents. Your hope is not what you've come from. The hope is who you rest on. So the question is, who are you resting on today? Who are you resting on? But look at this, it continues on and it says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the winds came and the winds blew but, and it beat against that house and it fell. But look at this, and great was the fall of it. Why couldn't he have just said, and it fell? Oh, that's a bit difficult and that's tough, isn't it? Don't build your house on the sand. No, he said, and great was the fall of it. He put this emphasis onto it. Why would he emphasize this? Because he wanted to emphasize how devastating the fall will be. 
Why? Because the fallout of a broken foundation affects your children, your wealth, your marriage, your great-grandkids, your friends, your family, your faith, your well-being. This is why we want to tackle the foundations of faith this year. Now, I find the younger that you are, the more that you're actually able to just kind of ignore things from your past. You're, willing, you're able to kind of just keep moving on and just try new things. It doesn't matter. I'll just ignore them. I'll move on to the next thing. But the older you get, the more commitments that you're making, the more your foundations start to show who you really are. You get married, and now your dysfunctions start to show up. You start having children, and other dysfunctions start to show up. You start having the responsibility of having to keep a good job and pay bills and blah, blah, blah. And now your inadequacies start to show up. Your addictions start to show through and they start to get worse. Let me tell you, the older you get, the more the house starts to crack because the foundations are bad or the more the house proves that the foundations are good. Not once have I walked up to a house and went, wow, check those foundations. <laughs> those are gorgeous foundations. Look, amazing foundations. Because you can't see them. All you can see is the fruit and the results. I don't want to be known for what I failed at. I want to be known for what has rested upon me and stayed true and has stayed strong. This morning, let's stand as we finish our service and we commit ourselves to this new year. I want to ask you to do this. I want to give a challenge to all of you. Now, maybe you're already a part of this church and it's absolutely wonderful. But if you're not a part of this church, I want to give you this challenge as well. That I want you to commit to one year of your life to this journey of building a good foundation. There's no point in saying, yes, that sounds like a good idea and then not doing it. It's a little bit like going in the bathroom and then you hope that when you go in the bathroom that the lights come on, but they don't come on. If you go in our bathrooms, you'll notice there's this little thing on the wall. And when you walk in, the lights come on. And some of you have probably stayed in the bathroom too long and then the lights went off and you're like, I'm still in here. <laughs> but if you walk on, your action activates the power to turn the lights on. In the same way, I believe that your action activates your beliefs. Your action activates the word of God inside of you. The power already exists. It's already there. It's already to move. It already has the ability to do something amazing. But your action activates it to come upon you. Father, this morning, as each one of us are making this commitment, as each one of us are pondering whether we should make this commitment, we're asking that you would give us the wisdom, the insight, and the confidence, and the tenacity, and the temerity to say, yes, God, we want to see this foundation strong. Even if no one else ever sees it, I want it to be strong because I want everything that rests on me to last. I want everything that rests upon me in my decisions today to last beyond me, to my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren. We're asking God that you would fill us with your spirit from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet to overflowing so that we might be a strong foundation for others. We ask this in your precious son's name and all God's people said, amen. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you.